welcome back to God in Therapy with your favorite therapist, Tara Body. I have an amazing show for you today. Um, today's show is called Sibling Rivalry. But before we get into it, I just wanted to remind you all of my website, tarabody.com, so that if you are hearing information and want to get into further conversation through a therapy session, you can go to tarabody.com under services and schedule a therapy session. Also, if you want to just dialogue or send me a message and say, Tara, can you talk about this or a little bit deeper about this other subject that you were talking about? Then just email me at info at tarabody.com and I might go back to talk about that or dig a little deeper. So I want to engage with you because this, of course, is a service I'm doing to the community, but I want to give what I believe that you all need to hear. And so Today's conversation is about sibling rivalry. And you're like, sibling, sibling rivalry, why are we talking about that? If I'm talking about it, that's because it's coming up in my counseling sessions with clients. There's nothing I will talk about that y'all ain't already talking about. So if it comes up on this show, it's because it's person after person after person talking about these issues. So since we're in season one, talking about parenting, Know that by the end of this, parents, I want to talk to you about how you can help to end sibling rivalry with your sibling rivalry with your children, and how you can really help them to bond as siblings as they get older and they become adults. Because some siblings, you can tell as adults, they get along very well. They love each other, and if you ever see that, you're like, "Oh, I wish I had that." Those sisters are so close. Those brothers are so close. What's wrong with my family? is because your parents neglected to do a few things or they may, may have unintentionally did some other things that killed that sibling bond. So parents, you have a great power in keeping your children bonded and loving each other. They may not be BFFs, but they certainly shouldn't hate each other as adults, okay? So we're gonna talk about that. And because this is God in therapy, we are going to go to the Bible first to talk about sibling rivalry because the first murder in the Bible was between brothers. So the story of Cain and Abel is in Genesis chapter four. And we're going to go to chapter four, verse six. It says, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And let me give you some backstory. Cain and Abel were the sons of Adam and Eve. Cain was the gardener and Abel was the one that shepherded the flocks. So when it came up to giving offerings, Abel came and gave God the first of his flock, gave him this firstborn sheep, and it was a great offering. Cain came and gave him some of his fruit and vegetables, you know, what he could find, but he did keep the best for himself. So God did not like the offering that Cain brought and he loved and favored Abel's offering. So, Cain got mad. So now let's go back to verse six. It says, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? I love how God said that. It's like, why your face so tight? Um, in verse seven, he said, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And in verse eight, he said, then Cain said to Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were there in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Let's just think about that for a second. They both were given offerings. 
Abel minded his own business, was like, this is what I want to give to the Lord. I want to give God something really good. He wasn't trying to show his brother up. He wasn't trying to make him feel bad. And then his brother killed him. Just like that. And I say that because some of you today have a sibling that hates your guts. Because on here, we don't just, we're going to just say it, say it. They really dislike you. They are always offended by everything you say. They can't stand to be in the room with you. They can't stand your presence. You can say something to somebody else. They're like, okay, you say it to your sibling. They're going off on you. And for the life of you, you can't understand what you ever did to them to make them hate you so much. And even if they try to bring up something, it's from 30 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And you're like, are you really that mad about that? And it's really not that they're mad about that. It is something deeper. They just tried to find something to justify their hateful nature towards you. And it is so hurtful to have a sibling that hates you. And some of you are like, no, it's no way. Siblings can't hate anybody. I just read to you the first murder in the Bible is that there was an actual sibling that killed somebody. So I even want to affirm some of you who are saying, no, it's no way my sibling can hate me. We grew up together. It's no way that they could actually hate me. This is not what I'm experiencing. Is the devil telling me this? My sibling doesn't hate me. I know that they are always mad, gossiping about me, saying crazy stuff about me, trying to do stuff to me. But no, that's not hate. They're just confused. The devil telling me, no, your sibling actually does have hate. They may actually have hate in their heart for you to the point of murder. Yes, they can. To the point they want to murder you. So... By the end of this segment, some of you may have to reevaluate the relationship that if you have a sibling that's not operating in the spirit of God and you can feel the hate, you know the hate, you see all the evidence of the hate, separate yourself. I'm sorry, you may not be able to go to every family event that they're there. You don't need to keep subjecting yourself to their hateful behavior, hateful speech, hateful actions. You may have to tell the other family, look, y'all get along with, with Junior. Well, me and Junior got a thing and I don't understand it. But when I'm in Junior's presence, I feel the hate. And if one of y'all don't want to address it with Junior and, and, and ask Junior what's his problem so that we can squash this and have peace, none of y'all want to get involved. I won't be at the family gathering. I'm not coming to the picnic because we're going to talk about this, how parents, some of you know your siblings, you know your children have issues between each other. You see the hate, you see the jealousy, you see the envy. But you don't do anything about it because it doesn't affect you. As long as you good with your children, you don't want to get involved. I don't want to get in the middle of it. But God may actually be using you as a conduit, as a mediator to fix the situation. Because if both children love you and hate each other, the person that they love needs to be the one that gets involved. You have to come out of your selfishness and say, well, I don't want to offend this child. No, if the other child is wrong, you're going to have to call them out on that. So I want to start with some of the things that causes children to have rivalry. And I have three children. So I know that rivalry is one of those things that can just happen because all of us are innately selfish when we're children. We're innately selfish. You know, the, you know, the phrase that little kids say, mine, 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 mine. We're innately selfish. So we want our own. We're selfish. We don't want to share. And then when siblings come, there's this competition. 
It's a competition for the parents' love. It's a competition for the parents' attention. It's a competition for the parents' affirmation. Many of us who have siblings know it was there where you would see, oh, I think mom is spending more time with that one. I think dad likes them more. It's just innate in a child's head that you're like, oh, I heard them play, pay them a compliment. Well, when's the last time they paid me a compliment? Well, they must think that they're smarter. They must think that they're a better athlete. They must think that they are more responsible because parents unintentionally, we say things that put these things in our children's head that we may favor another child over one of our other children. So we're going to have to, if you have children, be very intentional, but intentional about your words, especially when it's around the other siblings. So I'm going to give you some tips and we're going to talk about it. The first thing, which is the major thing that you can really try not to do to get rid of sibling rivalry is avoid feeding the comparisons and competition. That's number one. And so based upon what I just said, how a child may feel, of course you need to compliment your children. I don't want you to not compliment your children in order to not make their siblings feel, uh, feel bad or feel jealous. That is not what I'm saying. It's just that when you're complimenting your children, be intentional about the compliment that you are not comparing their siblings. So, and I've been guilty. I'll be the first one to admit it. When I'm uh, upset with another kid because they didn't do something right. Say for instance, my daughter's, I go in and my daughter's room is an entire mess, but then her sibling <laughs> has a very clean room. I may say, hey, you need to clean your room. This is ridiculous because your sister's room is always clean. Right then, I just did a comparison. Now, she may clean up her room, but she's going to side out her sibling. Because, <laughs> of course, the sibling is going to smile like, yes, I do keep my room cleaner than yours. I do. Like, because they love it. I just, they just got affirmed. They just got a compliment. And this one, right now in that moment, is Cain. <laughs> Abel, I love the way your room was clean. Kane, you didn't clean it. What you mad at? Why your face tight? Do better. <laughs> and it causes wrath within that other child. We, that's what we're doing. And so you say, well, Tara, what's a better way? Because I need this child to clean their room. So when you go tell the child to clean their room, you just tell the child to clean their room. Say, look, um, the room is junky. Explain why rooms need to be cleaned. I don't need to bring the other child into the situation to make that other child feel less than. I need to deal with my child one-on-one, parent to child. I don't need to talk about what the other one did. I need to just simply say, the room is dirty. If you need help or assistance, you can possibly, if you want to, go see what your sibling has done. I'm sure they will help you. I'm sure they will help you get organized. Then you may go ask that other child, hey, can you help them? See if they want help. Just ask. Now, if the other child doesn't want the help, hey, let it be. But this is also how you build community because you want to teach the child that has the gifting of cleaning up how to share that gift with their sibling. Because all of us are giving different gifts at birth. One child is going to be stronger in one area while another child is stronger in another we don't want the other child who's strong in this area to be bragging or boastful with their gift and not wanting to share. We don't want to do that. We're going to talk about that in, a, in another episode about 
how you build relationships with your gifts instead of making others feel less than. But you want to build this bond by saying, I see cleaning up the room is not something you naturally do. <laughs> I see you need some more training in it. I can help you. Do you want me to help you? Or I can also get your brother or your sister to help you. And they may help. They may also remind you so that you don't get in trouble. I think one of the greatest um, stories I have of my children's bun, I mean, it made me feel really good as a parent, is when one of my children were on punishment because their grade had dropped. You know, my kids, it's just the standard I have. If you have a C, you can't have your phone because because the phone is obviously a distraction. So they know if I look online and I check your grades, grades are at a C, phone is taken. When the grade online gets above a C, it goes back to a B or A, you can have your phone back. We don't argue, we don't fuss, it's the rule. So I remember when one of my daughter's grade was below a C. Hey, give me the phone, kid. I took the phone, she was sad. But I remember about three or four days later, her sister came, her sisters, both of them came to me and said, Hey, we checked online and her grade is a B. Can she get her phone back? Because we want to play a game with her and she needs the phone. And we checked and she got a grade back. See, the other one, the one that the phone was taken from, she didn't even ask me. She didn't even look back. She just said, oh, this is my life. But the other two looked and they came to me on her behalf and they wanted her to have the phone back. And I just thought it was the cutest thing ever because usually I keep the phone for a week regardless. But I said, yeah, you can go and give her the phone. I gave them the phone to give it back to her. And I saw them playing together and they, you know, they're like, my kids are 14, 13 and 10. And I thought it was so sweet, but they wanted her restored. They wanted the phone restored back. They didn't want her to be on punishment. They didn't want her to miss out. They didn't want to just play the game and watch her over there suffering and being sad. They don't actually like when their siblings are sad. See, if your kids are laughing at each other when they get punished, that's a problem. If they are happy when their siblings get in trouble, that's a problem. I'm not saying they should hide what their siblings are doing because that, that's not it at all. When I'm dealing with my children, I always tell them, we want the best for your siblings. So if they're doing something that I don't know that they're doing, the first thing you should do is you hold them accountable. You are their sibling. So if they're doing something they're not supposed to, let your voice be the first one before I find out. Say, hey, you know you're not supposed to be watching that on TV. Turn the channel. You know mom is going to be upset. I have actually taught my children, don't come snitch to me if you haven't said something to your sibling. <laughs> they can't spank you. At least say that you warned them. Because in the past, when my kids used to snitch on each other, I would first ask them, well, did you tell them not to do that? They're like, oh, I just came and told you. I said, no, the first step is warn your sibling. Because when you all get older, I'm not going to be the punisher anymore. But you should have a voice in your sibling's life to say, hey, don't do that. You know, that's not our values. You know, that's not our standard. I said, you don't want to always come run to mommy to get me to get your sibling to do something because they may listen to you and not me, believe it or not, because you all are peers and your siblings and you have a relationship. So parents, feeding comparison and competition ruins that type of accountability among siblings. Because now I, the sibling, I'm going to hide from my siblings my weaknesses because it's making them look like they're higher than me or better than me. Teach your children, none of you are better than anybody. 
Just some of you have gifts from God that the others don't, but it's all balanced because we can all come together as a family and be amazing because everybody's bringing something to the table. One of the things I always tell my children, I say, look, you may do really good at that, but your sibling does this good too. So I want you all to share that. And I've had them share one time and tell me, tell me what you think you can learn from your sibling. That's a question that you need to sit your children down with and say, what can you learn from your sibling? Because if God put this sibling in your life, that was something he wanted you to gain from them. Because my children, I have three daughters and they are all three different people, all three different personalities. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Because <laughs> I ha sometimes they'll come to me and say, we are just not the same. I said, but there are people in the world that is like your sibling. There are a lot of people. And God wants you to know how to get along with that type of person. If he gave you all siblings that were just like you, you wouldn't know how to get along with people that are not like you. So how do you get along with the person that is not like you? See, sometimes parents, we have siblings that are different and we say, well, they're just not like you. Y'all don't have to be friends. Y'all didn't need to connect. Don't talk to your sister. She don't like that. <clears throat> she don't like what you like. Okay. Right. Everybody has a separate personality. Everybody has things they like and dislike. They don't have to be with each other all the time. But there are times you need to teach your children. Even though you're different, y'all need to have respect. Even though you're different, you need to be able to value that person, value their personality, value who God made them because God made them that way. He created them with that personality. He created them and they don't like broccoli and you don't know why they don't like it or they don't eat pizza. And you just like, why don't you like pizza? I'm just telling y'all about my household. A lot of different people in the house. And so we have to teach our children to value the differences in their sibling so they'll value the differences in others later. Another key thing, spend time with children both together and separately. Yes, it takes a lot of time, especially, especially if you have multiple children like I do that I have to spend time with my children together, playing family games, going to uh, outings with them together because I need us to get along as a family. I need the siblings to get along um, as a family. But then I need my children to individually know that I love them, that I'm their parent. It's not a group love. <laughs> it is a separate love, one-on-one. -on -one. I tell all of my daughters, I see you separately and I love you. You don't have to uh, bring your siblings for me to like you or be entertained and loved by you. Because if a child feels like you like another child more than them, they're going to assume that you only like their company when that other child is there. You have to let your children know, I like you separately. And see, there are times, parent, where your child's personality doesn't match yours. And you may find it hard to find something to relate to that child on. You're like, I, I don't I don't know how to relate to this kid because <laughs> they're very different from me. You know, I have a daughter that is just like my husband, which should make sense that we should get along if she's like my husband because I'm married to him. But in a little person, I'm just like you. I, mm. But I have had to value who she is and her personality, sit with her and say, what do you like to do? Just like I had to do with her father when we were dating. I had to say, what do you like to do? And because I loved him and really wanted to be connected to him, I had to do some of the things that he liked to do. I 
did not care for football when I met their dad. I, I, I know somebody already is like, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with football? I didn't say I didn't like it. I just was more of a basketball person. It's indoors. It's fast paced. It's over. I didn't really get into football. When I met him, super football fan. Because I liked him, I had to grow to like football at least a little bit to get through the games. Because that was something he liked. I couldn't change him and say, you need to like basketball because I'm not liking football. No, I wanted to get involved. So even with my children, I do the same thing. My kids like things I do not like. I'm just going to throw anime out there on the curb. I don't get it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't care for anime. I don't like Roblox either. But my kids do. And it's like, mommy, play Roblox. I can't. Y'all making me dumb. No, no. I get in. All right, let me see what y'all doing on this year, Roblox. And it's the greatest thing to them ever for me to sit there. And I'm doing it. Why? Because I love them. Simply because I love them. I do not care about the Roblox. I don't care about the anime. But I care about the person. And I need to them, them to know that I'm interested so that when they are an adult and the change, they will change the things they like. Anime won't be a thing no more. Roblox won't be a thing no more. But they will view me as a parent that is interested in them and their likes and the things that they care about. So later on, the things will change and they will still say, hey, mom, can I introduce you to this? Or would you like to try this with me? Or try going here with me. Some of you, your children do not want to do anything with you because you never wanted to do anything with them when they were little. Some of you are wondering, my adult child never calls me. They never want to do anything with me. They don't tell me anything going on with their life. Well, when they were little, were you interested? Did you come over and say, hey, what are you doing? That looks like fun. If you didn't do it, they don't know they love you. But spending that time individually will keep your children from trying to compete with your time. They will try to stop trying to compete with their siblings for your love because they will know, oh, my mama loves me. She's spending time with my sister today, but she loves me. And our time is another time. My mother supports me. She, yeah, well, she support my sister today for her activity. But my mom and dad come to all of my stuff. They need to know that you as a parent love everyone equally. You can't show up for one child all the time and just ignore the other child and don't show up for them ever. Because you're going to create competition and sibling rivalry and it's unnecessary. Um, use routines. This is tip number three. Using routines and schedules reduces arguments. My children, I don't know how anybody lives life without a schedule or routine for children. I just don't know how you live in life. You come inbox me, email me, tell me how you live in life without a schedule. But parents, I want you to understand, especially if you have multiple children, schedules get rid of arguments. Routine gets rid of arguments. When every child knows that this is their chore week, <laughs> that dishes is mine on Monday, yours on Tuesday, this person on Wednesday, it keeps arguments down. Where, where children are not trying to uh, get each other, each other in trouble or feeling like this kid is doing more than me. Everybody needs appropriate chores, even those little ones. And even as I had to explain, explain to the bigger children, I told them, hey, everybody at 10 years old starts washing dishes. <laughs> Because when they were 11 and 12 and their eight-year-old sister was not washing dishes and they're like, why doesn't she wash dishes? I said, because I started everybody at 10 years old washing dishes because I don't want my dishes broken and her little bitty hands are going to crack my cups. So when she turned 10, 
And everybody was looking at me like, when's her dish week? <laughs> I said, hey, baby girl, happy birthday. And next week is your dish week. Because <laughs> I had to keep it fair. Everybody, see, parents, some of you are making that older child do everything. And you don't make the little one do anything. You are creating sibling rivalry. Because later on, they are picking up on the fact that they have had to do a lot of things, have a lot of responsibilities, and you didn't make baby boy or baby girl do anything. That's a problem. Let your children know ahead of time. People start cooking in the house when they're 12. Your sister's going to have a cook day, even if she burns everything. I'm going to teach her. Don't get lazy with these younger siblings. Yeah, I'm talking to somebody. You know, I was a younger sibling. <laughs> Don't get lazy with your little kids and you don't make them do anything you make the older ones do. A, the older ones are going to resent that. They're going to call that younger one spoiled. They're going to say they've always been given everything and I've been made to do everything and they're just spoiled. So they're going to not like the younger kids. The younger kids are going to be resentful later on because, of course, the older siblings hate them, number one, and are jealous. And number two, you're not teaching them the stuff you taught the older one. So they're more dependent and they don't know how to do anything. And they are going to stay around the house longer and they won't ever have the same level of maturity as the older siblings because you got lazy and you stopped teaching. I was a, I was a witness. I was a victim and, <laughs> and a culprit. I was, uh, me and my twin sister, we are the youngest of five children. We didn't get taught a lot of stuff. We didn't get taught the cooking. We just did it. So I had to learn that as an adult, and I hate that. And yes, the siblings were like, you didn't do as much chores. I, well, is that my fault? I was a child. How uh, Am I going to come to mommy? Mommy, please give me more chores. I want to do as many chores as my older siblings. I don't want them to hate me later and call me a spoiled brat. Mommy, please don't give me anything extra you didn't give them. Because see, older siblings, let me help you all out. When it's five, six, seven kids in the house, no, they're not going to buy you a car at 16. But if all the other kids are gone and there's one child left, they might get a car at 16 because there's more money because y'all left. <laughs> so don't get jealous at the kid. What do you want them to say? Don't give me nothing extra. If you didn't let my older siblings date, don't let me date. It's wrong. People, the parents get smarter with every child. The parents get nicer. Why? Because with that first kid, and again, I'm a culprit, we don't know what we're doing. We're scared out of our mind. We're just trying to make sure that they're the smartest, most capable, most responsible thing on the planet. And we're reading books and we're doing everything because we're like, if I get this one right, the rest will follow. And we do all this stuff, stress out the child, stress ourselves out. But by that third, fourth kid, we're like, eh, you all right. <laughs> Because we learn it don't take all that. We learn, you know, give your child some space. We start looking at other parents. We start looking at the way other people are doing things. We start getting more advice and counsel. And we say, I didn't have to be so stressful. So some of you older siblings already in your heart, go ahead and give your parents some grace. That first child will stress you out because you want to get it right. And so they wanted to really get it right with you. So, yes, they were tougher on you. You were the first one. They, they were listening to whoever told them how to treat a first child. And they were like, you got to be this way, this way. And then they learned better. God gave them wisdom. As the kids start coming, they got more wisdom. So that last kid, yes, they were nicer to them. Yes, they were more nurturing to them. Yes, they didn't worry as much. 
but it wasn't to make sure that they were treated better than you. The parent just got wiser. So give your younger siblings some grace. Some of y'all need to call them today and, 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 and repent for calling them spoiled and selfish. They did not spoil themselves. The parent did. You go talk to, no, don't even do that. Don't even talk to the parent. We're going we to leave that alone. Give everybody grace. Another tip. Don't force positive relationships with your kids. Don't force it, parents. They are different, so don't force them to be besties. They're going to have other friends. Don't tell them that their siblings are their only friends. No, they need to have other friends. And there are times you need to leave your children at home. One of the things I do very often is one day a week or on the weekend, ever so often, I leave my children at home for four or five hours um, alone with each other so that they can connect with each other without me there, without me intervening, without me being in their space. If they get into issues and arguments, sometimes I let them figure it out because I don't want to intervene all the time because when they become adults, I'm not going to be the one always intervening. They need to learn how to come to solutions and conclusions as siblings is saying, I love you, so we're going to work it out. You can't be the one always intervening and then telling one sibling they're wrong all the time is going to create sibling rivalry. So I hope you got some really good tips today. Um, if you are dealing with sibling rivalry and you're an adult, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're like, that's all you got, Tar. You ain't got nothing more than that. Hey, Cain and Abel, it's a real thing. Um, <laughs> siblings can hate each other. Crazy thing is, you don't have to connect with them. I'm going to give you that affirmation and that, 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 uh, uh, just, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you don't have to stay friends with them. They're your sibling. It'll never change. The same blood is running through your veins. They are your sibling, but they don't have to be your friend. And some of you are suffering because you're trying to make your siblings your friend. You're 39. Go find some other friends. Okay. Your sister's not your friend. Y'all not alike. So you're going to always fight. There's always going to be some issues because y'all really don't view life the same. Y'all really don't have the same personality, nor do you have the same likes. So whenever y'all get together, it's going to be contention. They're not your friend. That's your brother. It's not your friend. That's your sister. Go get some friends. They're everywhere. And they think like you, act like you, like you for who you are. They share the same personality. And it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. So hope you got some healing. I, I, I want to pray for you. Can I pray you out? I, I do want to pray for you because some of you, you're like, but I thought this would really work out today with me and my sibling. Sometimes it doesn't. I pray that it does. That's going to be part of my prayer is that God works on their heart, works on your heart, and y'all find that sibling love that wasn't cultivated in you all's childhood that has caused this division because it wasn't y'all's fault. A lot of this stuff wasn't, but it's there. So let's close out in a prayer. Father God, I pray, God, that anybody who's dealing with sibling rivalry, God, I don't care how long it's been, God, you are the God of reconciliation, God. And I've seen miracles between siblings that did not speak for 5, 10, 15 years. And at a particular point in their life, God, they came back together, they reconciled, and they are good friends, Lord, in their age, in their older age, God. I've seen it. I know it's possible, God. So we're not going to give up, God, on these sibling uh, relationship, God. But I pray, Lord, that boundaries are put in place when they need to be, God, so that our spirits aren't murdered, our emotions aren't murdered, Lord. Our value about ourselves is not murdered, Lord, by a sibling, God. I pray parents, Lord, use intentional wisdom, God, 
to help their children bond correctly, God. I pray, Lord, that they build these relationships with their children so the children don't have to compete, God. I pray this over families right now in the name of Jesus, and we thank you in advance for reconciliation, for strong bonds, Lord, and that we love one another. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. So again, if you want to connect with me, you say, Tara, I heard you, but I'm going to need some counseling to deal with what you just said. <laughs> hey, tarabody.com, tarabody.com, go under services and just schedule an appointment with me. Until then, you all, this is Tara Body with God in Therapy. Have a great day.